All right, so uh, those of you with your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 12. We're continuing in our series about focus, and I'd encourage you, especially if you weren't here, um, to go back and listen to, to some of Pastor Doug's messages this start this year, um, specifically not last week because we had, you know, snow day, cold day, whatever you want to call it, but two weeks ago, Pastor Doug preached an awesome message about Um, taking your thoughts captive, right? Focusing on what you think about. And he kept saying, to actually think about what you actually think about, right? So that was a great one, man. I'd encourage you. Today, we're gonna talk about what comes out of our mouths. We're gonna talk about focus on our words. And, And like Pastor Doug talked about, think about what you think about. Today, we're gonna talk because what we say says a lot. What we say says a lot. It says a lot about our character. It says a lot about our love for people. It says a lot about our love and relationship with Jesus. Or maybe sometimes it says a lot about our lack thereof of that relationship. So we're going to look at Matthew 12, 33 through 37. And this is Jesus talking. He's talking specifically to the Pharisees. The Pharisees had come and... um, pretty much just proclaimed that, that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. What was happening through him wasn't through the Holy Spirit, but was actually through evil, demonic spirits. And, and Jesus responded to them, and Jesus says this. Jesus says in our passage that words reflect the heart. And we're going to look at that specifically today, but this is what Matthew 12, through 37 says. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And these are, this, is, this is from the mouth of Jesus. These are Jesus' words. And these are, these are very important words about how we talk And we need to take them seriously. So to help us get a grasp on these words, we're going to look at three important facts about our speech that need to be addressed that we learn in this passage. And the the, the goal here today is to give some very specific information about how important the words we speak are and also how we can then take what we learn and develop our speech to reflect our love and relationship with Jesus. So here's the first fact we want to address, is one, your speech, the words you speak, identify you. What comes out of your mouth is how people identify you. Jesus says this in in verse 33, the very first verse we just read, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You are identified by your fruit. And this is a really simple concept for us to grasp in other areas. Maybe not so much here, but it's easy for us to understand everywhere else. Okay, So we're going to do some audience participation because I think you guys get this. All right? But we're going to test it. Okay, If you see an apple on a tree... What kind of tree is that? 
Give yourself a round of applause. All right. One for one. All right. Next question. If you see a cherry on a tree, what kind of tree is it? Y'all are on it today. We gave you one week of rest, and you came back fired up, ready to go. If you see a lemon on a tree, what kind of tree is it? All right. If you see a potato on a tree, what kind of tree is it? <laughs> if you see a potato on a tree, you need to top, stop taking the substances you've been taking. So... <laughs> But we, we get the picture, we understand it, right? We understand that a tree is recognized and identified by the fruit that it bears. So, so let's just ask this of yourself, this audience participation over, you don't have to answer this out loud, okay? Think of this in your mind, but man, what is the fruit that you bear? What would people identify you as based off of your speech and the words that you speak, right? Would it identify you as an encourager, would it identify you as someone who, who loves people well? Would it identify you as someone who loves Jesus? Would it identify you as someone who knows and understands the word of God? On the other hand, would your speech identify you as a gossip? Would it identify you as a liar? Would it identify you as a whiner or a complainer? Would it identify you as someone who's negative, who seeks to cause division? Whether we like it or not, whether we realize it or not, people hear what you say, and they identify you by those words. So if you want to be identified as a follower of Jesus, your words should reflect that. If you want to know how to do that, man, there's, there's some great scriptures, like just simply reading through the book of Proverbs will give you tons of wisdom and tons of stuff that's understandable and practical in the way that we speak and the words that we say. Another one, I'll just, I'll throw this out there. Another one, many of you were here, man, I don't even know, months ago by now, when we had Rob McCorkle come, we did a deeper weekend, um, and he spoke on Sunday. He was awesome. We're actually, as a staff, reading through one of his books together right now um, called Life and Death. And it's about the power of the tongue and the words we speak, and there's a little devotional with it. I know Pastor Doug recommended a book last week, and it's out there. So I'm recommending a book this week. It's that one. It's not out there, because I'm not the lead pastor, so I don't get the pull of buying the books and stuff. But... You can Amazon that one or something, but that's a great book, man, if you're serious about the words you speak. The second fact about our speech is that your speech reveals your heart. The second part of verse 34 through verse 35 says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in, in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. If your heart is filled with good, your mouth reflects that. If it's filled with bad, your mouth reflects that. It's, these are really simple concepts that sometimes we just miss, right? Like if, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, if you claim to be in relationship with Jesus, but you're a liar, then you need to re-examine whether you're really in love with Jesus because Jesus wasn't a liar. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus and you spread rumors 
then you need to re-examine whether you're really following Jesus because Jesus didn't spread rumors. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, but you talk about others behind their back, you need to re-examine whether you're really following Jesus because Jesus didn't do that. If you claim to be a follower, this is a tough one, all right? Everyone look down your row, make sure there's no tomatoes, and then give me a thumbs up, okay? This is a tough one. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, but your language is filled with four-letter words, then you need to check some things because Jesus didn't talk like that. And listen, like, I get it. We, we all mess up time to time. We've, we've all been guilty of, of some of these over time. I've been guilty of all of these over time, and I'm not proud of it. I've, I've had to repent and ask for God's forgiveness and um, in the circumstances where I'm able, ask forgiveness of, of the people that I hurt with those words or the people I talked about with those words. But, man, this is something we should take to the Holy Spirit and ask, ask the Spirit to get tough with you about this. Right? We, I don't, personally, I don't want to make excuses. Like, I don't want to look for ways out. I want, I want the Holy Spirit to hold me accountable. I want to be checked when my words, when my speech isn't uplifting, doesn't reflect the love of Jesus. And here's the thing. Everyone in here, we're all adults, except for Cameron. Not Cameron, Lenora. <laughs> it's out of the side of my eye, all right? We're all adults, right? There's, there's no excuses for using speech that, that dishonors God and, and hurts others, right? We, we know it's wrong. We talked about these are easy, simple concepts that, that we understand. And it's, it's just actually up to you to do something about it, to decide whether it matters to you or not. And we're going to discuss some ways to do that so that hopefully we can have some tools to help us. But... I just want to encourage you that, that it's, it's doable to tame your tongue and to, to actually be slow to speak and in everything you say and the words that pour out of your mouth, that they can actually be reflections of the love of Christ and actually point people closer to Jesus. And here's the third fact that we need to address that, that Jesus says from the words of Jesus is that your speech will be judged. Verses 36 and 37 that we read say, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. Instead of, instead of every empty word, some translations read it as every careless word. I like, I like that translation a lot better. Every careless word they have spoken, you will have to give account for. These are some, these are some pretty harsh, intense words from Jesus here. There, and there's, I tried. I spent some time in it. There's no way to sugarcoat it, okay? It is what it is. If we're serious about being a follower of Jesus in every area of our life, then we need to focus on the words that come out of our mouths, if your speech is filled with stuff we've already talked about, gossip, lying, whatever, then it says that your heart isn't right with God. 
And the context of this passage is, is Jesus is talking to people whose hearts were far from God. And they refused to recognize Jesus for who he was and the power of the Holy Spirit that was sourcing and working through him. He was talking to non-believers, and, and their words would be used by God to show that they were not going to enter the kingdom of God. What I think Jesus was saying here is that your words not only reveal your character and not only reveal your heart, but they also reveal your salvation. If there's nothing in your speech to indicate that you have a love and relationship with Jesus, then maybe you don't. And God will use your words as evidence against you or for you when you face him at judgment. And I, I don't say that, I don't want to give the impression that, that like God is up there just, just waiting for you to slip up and just looking for an excuse to rip that from you because that's, that's like simply not the case. And we all like immediately go to, you know, what about slips of the tongue? What about mistakes? We've all had them. We all regret them. We all have moments where we say things and immediately, no, I shouldn't have said that. And here's, here's just what I want to say about that, about slips of the tongue, mistakes, all that. As you become more intentional about watching your speech and as you mature in Christ and grow in your relationship with Jesus, that will happen less and less and less and less. And why? Well, it's because if you're serious about it and you're cleaning out some of the, the garbage in your life, some of the bad that's in your heart and replacing it with good stuff, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment, your heart, like we read in this passage, will be a place that is filled with good things, not bad things. And, and the overflow of the heart is what comes out of your mouth. So if you're filling it with good things, only good things will come out. I, I remember uh, my dad is a pastor, but he grew up um, not a Christian at all. So uh, long story there. But he grew up and he always, I, I never knew him to ever say like anything mean to anyone, anything bad, like always just an incredible example of being slow to speak, intentional with your words, uh, very patient, never heard him cuss or anything, but apparently he used to a lot. <laughs> apparently, back in the day, he was like a sailor is what my grandparents and aunts and uncles say about him. And I remember this one time he was in the garage and he was working on something and he was like smashed his hand in something super bad or I don't remember the exact situation, but somehow got hurt and he like bit his lip and was like, And then he like came in and he was like so happy and smiley. We were like, what just happened? And he was like, guys, this is, this is evidence of God's goodness because I just hurt myself so bad. And my initial response was, I'm about to cuss. And I couldn't think of a swear word to say. <laughs> I, couldn't, like, I couldn't remember any of them. And I was just sitting there. It's fun, like it's a funny story, but it's like so true when you're filling your heart with good things, when you're taking the garbage out, then your mouth can't even use that because the overflow of your heart is nothing but good and uplifting words. So 
Let's take some, we're gonna look at some steps to actually storing up good in your heart so that the overflow reflects that. The obvious application of this passage in Matthew is that we need to work to fill our hearts with good stuff so that our speech is gonna reflect our love and relationship with Jesus. So here are three steps that you can take to help you. The first is prepare your heart for good. Actually take time to prepare your heart for good. There's two passages that, that kind of reflect this. We're gonna look at real quick. The first is Colossians 2.7, where it says, let, you, let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. The next is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Dude, I don't know, you preach every week and never take a sip of water, and it is the craziest thing to me. <laughs> My mouth gets so dry. Uh, all right. So that verse that I just read, just as in Christ God forgave you. And this, all that is, it's a, it's a heart issue. All these things I just read in, in those two verses are dealt with in the heart. We're supposed to get rid of the bad stuff and add the good stuff like compassion and forgiveness and patience. And this actually prepares our heart to receive the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can actually source us and work in us. Right, like in one of the most famous parables in the Bible, the parable of the sower, Jesus is telling people and, and he says that the seed being spread is, is the word of God, right? The seed being spread is God's word, the work of God, the word of God. And those who were able to receive it and produce a crop were those with a good and noble heart. You can't have a good and noble heart if it's filled with rage and anger and bitterness and slander and malice, because those things don't nourish the soil. They, they actually poison it. So is it any wonder that those whose hearts are filled with this tend to speak in ways that dishonor God and hurt those around them, even if those people claim to be followers of Jesus? The next thing you can do is, is actually hide the Bible in your heart. Psalm 119 says, I have hidden your word in my, in my heart that I may not sin against you. And man, this, this, one, this one's real simple. There's six ways I think you can do this, right? You've got to hear the word of God. You've got to hear it. That means if you're part of a Bible study, when you're there, listen. When you're at church, listen. Hear the word of God. The second thing is you've got to read it. You've actually got to be in the word. And, and when you're reading it, study it. Actually, don't just read words on a page, but actually study. Take time and dissect what Jesus meant when he was saying these words, for example. Like, like study it. The fourth is something in the church we used to do all the time. Like, way better before I was a kid. When y'all were kids, you did it way better. When I was a kid, we stopped doing it. I don't know if we do it well at all anymore. But actually memorize scripture. 
Like actually hide it in your heart so it's there. I, Carly and I were, I was speaking at an event last May and uh, one of the people who was also speaking there got up there and started sharing their testimony. And like, it was crazy. They were a Bible quizzer when they were younger. So some of y'all know what that is. They're a Bible quizzer, which means they like memorized books of the Bible is like what that means. And she was up there and she was just like pulling scripture out of her mind, like she didn't have notes or anything. And she was like, and I remember in Acts chapter three, verse 37, when Jesus said this, and, and then I remember at this phase in my life in Psalms, and I was like, holy cow, I can't do that. I got notes up here with all these verses. But man, if you actually memorize scripture and, and put it in your heart, like the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will bring that to you when you need it. The Holy Spirit will actually bring back those verses when you need it. Another way is, is actually take time and meditate on the word. Actually take time, allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to actually just silence your mind and reflect on the words. And then the last is all this is pointless if we don't apply it. You can, you can read and, and study and memorize and listen and do all those things, but if you don't actually apply it into your life, if it isn't enough to change habits and your heart, then none of the rest matters. Here's the third step you can take in storing things up in your heart, is that you can actually train your mouth. Pastor Doug talked uh, two weeks ago about actually taking captive your thoughts right? And you can actually train your mouth. You can actually tame your tongue. Ephesians 4.29, I got notes on this, so I didn't memorize this verse, but it's in here, says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So what does this have to do with storing up things in your heart? When you become much more intentional about what passes out of your mouth, then you will also find yourself becoming more intentional of what's going into your heart. And so if, if this happens, <coughs> you can see where you can ask the Holy Spirit to actually come and do his work in you. One of the best ways to train your mouth is to remember the words that, that James um, spoke, and that's to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Not like that, okay? Don't talk like that. <clears throat> yeah, E.T., phone, home. That was a, someone said that. That wasn't my joke. All right, yeah. I don't want to take credit for that joke. Be slow to speak. Like, sometimes the best thing you can ask yourself is, is this going to be Christ-like? Is this going to be uplifting and encouraging? Is this actually going to help? Maybe some of, some of y'all need to ask yourself, do I need to say anything at all in this situation? Like, I've, I've found when I ask that question, I actually talk a lot less. <laughs> and, like, a lot of the times, I've, I've kind of find what I was going to say was, was didn't matter. Wasn't going to help. All, all it could have done was, was hurt or make the situation worse. 
Right? It's been said that it's better to be thought of as a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> some of us, some of y'all write that down, okay? Write that down. <clears throat> and I, like I'm saying all this, and, and I love to talk. So much so, I decided I'm going to get a job that I get paid to talk, okay? <laughs> I love to talk. But we have to get better at, at, at just being slow to speak, actually catching ourselves and, and understanding if, if what we're going to say is, is encouraging, is beneficial, if, if it needs to be said at all, if it's Christ-like. Some of us need to take time and in situations, actually ask ourselves, is this sourced from the Spirit or is this from me? Here's, here's the other thing I want to say, man, is like, it's easy. Oh, man, how do I want to say that? I'm being slow to speak right now. <laughs> what, we, what we say up here on Sunday mornings matters and is important. But like what, for me personally, this is an example for me, what I say up here matters, but what I say around a dinner table with some of our high schoolers is so much more important. Yeah. Like what I say at a sporting event is so much more important. Up here, right, this, these are words that are, that are prayed over and, and time is taken preparing, but like in real life, what comes out of your heart, right? Like what, what really matters is when, when we're in our living room watching the Cowboys get absolutely destroyed. Amen. What words come out of my mouth then? Like that's, what's the character of my heart in those situations? <laughs> I had to, I've still heard about it. I had to bring it up. I didn't say a lot on, so I have to let it out now. <laughs> But man, like in real life, when that's obviously, a, we're Cowboys fans, it was sad, we're not heartbroken, I didn't lose my salvation over the Cowboys <laughs> losing, but man, in real life, in real life situations, when you are walking through life with people, when things are good and when things are bad, what actually is overflowing from your heart? What is the true character of your heart? Are you patient with your husband or wife? Are you patient with your kids? Like when, right? Like I, I watched my dad break his hand and not think of a cuss word to say. And it's like a super funny story. But as a 10-year-old, I remember it. That's a memory seared into my mind, right? Like I watched the true character of my dad in moments like that where where things didn't go his way, and all that came out of his mouth was still encouraging, beneficial, and good, right? Are your kids getting that same example, or when things don't go your way, is there bitterness coming out? Is there anger? Is there malice? Because kids, are, kids aren't stupid. Kids are smart. They understand those moments is who you really are. Brian, you can come up and tickle the ivories for me in the background. <laughs> That's funny. 
Sometimes I go off notes and I like in my mind just all these jokes start going through. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't think it's a real surprise to anyone here today that, that your speech impacts how others see you. I think, I think we understand that. I don't think it's a surprise to hear that your speech actually reflects your love and relationship with Jesus. But I, I want to leave you with some positive stuff here. Right, you might be sitting here today and, and maybe you're feeling a little guilty or, or convicted and maybe you're thinking, man, this guy is full of a word that you would say, but I wouldn't say. Um, and you're feeling like you're, maybe your speech hasn't been all that good and you're, you're guilty of some of the stuff we've mentioned and maybe your heart is a little heavy because of it. The good news is that, that forgiveness is available for you. It's available for everyone. And, and you can actually call out to God for forgiveness and he promises to give it. And if you're serious about it, he's ready to do something in your heart beginning right now. I actually wanna share this. This is kind of off, but I feel like it just got put on me to share. I was listening to a pastor give a sermon a, a while ago and not in person online. So no one here, no one you know. But I listened to a pastor give a sermon about purity and he took a rose and he was like, look at this rose, look how valuable it is, look how beautiful it is. And then he passed it, he passed it to someone and said, just pass it around the church, let everyone take it. And they passed it around and they passed it back. And they got back to the front and it was like this beaten, tattered rose, all these people had taken it. And, and the lesson in it was, it was about purity. So the lesson in it was like, who would want this rose? Nobody wants this rose. This rose is tattered and destroyed and beat up and all this stuff. And, and he had a lesson for it, but like, <laughs> my thought when he said it was like, man, Jesus would want that rose. Like Jesus would take that rose. Even though it's beaten and tattered and destroyed and even though it, it might not look as beautiful as it did before it went through a little bit of life, but Jesus would want that rose. And man, like we've all lived through life, whatever you've been through, whatever has happened to you or whatever you've done to others, we're talking about words today. So I'm sure almost all of us can have memories seared into our minds of words spoken over to us that scarred us, that we'll never forget what people said about us. And at the same time, understand, man, we've all made mistakes. I've said things to people I wish I could take back that I know are those memories for them that they can't forget because they're seared into their mind because I spoke out of the flesh and spoke words that were discouraging, that tore people down. No matter where you're at, man, the promise is that Jesus wants you whether you're tattered, destroyed, whether you've hurt others, Jesus wants you. And, and we might look at it as the world and say, nobody wants that rose, but Jesus wants that rose. So man, if you're feeling convicted about any of that today, I just encourage you to take a step and ask God for forgiveness. And God is waiting with open arms, ready to forgive you and accept you. And if you're serious about it, he's ready to actually do something in your heart. But you need to take the next step. God, God's actually taken the first step. It might feel like you're taking the first step, but God's actually taken the first step by pointing out something in you that you need to deal with 
something in you that you want to be better at. And the step you need to take is, is real simple. It's just to say, God, you're right. You're right. That's a sin that I've been living in. That's, that's something I've been struggling with. And, and God, please forgive me. And will you help me to become a person whose heart is right and whose speech overflows with the goodness that is filled in my heart? And then, man, the next step is get serious about it. Do something actually tangible about it. Take the steps we talked about, the steps we mentioned a little bit ago. Hopefully you're taking notes. If you're not, go back and listen to it online and take notes the second time. We can't, I can't make you do anything. We can't make you do anything, but I just encourage you to take the necessary steps. The invitation is for all of us. Like, I think whether you're the most devout follower of Jesus who's been in the church for 87 years, and I think there's a checkup on all of us of the words we speak. I know there is for me as I was preparing this and working on this, there, there were lots of heart checks personally of, of moments where, where maybe I would thought I was just joking around, but understanding that that was tearing someone else down. Man, the, the prayer should just be that everything we do, which includes every word that comes out of our mouth, that it points people closer to Jesus. That is a reflection of the love of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we come before you and we just want to recognize that we've messed up. That we've all had moments where the world, the flesh, whatever you want to call it, has gotten the best of us. And we've spoken words that were full of anger, bitterness, jealousy. We've spoken words that have torn people down. Maybe the worst of all, we've spoken words that just simply don't honor you. And God, we, wanna, we just wanna pray for your forgiveness. We want to pray in that, that you'll, you'll just help transform us into people whose words reflect your love to all that we encounter. Help us to guard our hearts better. Help us to filter all the bad out. Don't let, don't let the, the negativity and the division that the world tries to put into us. God, we just pray that you can help us protect it and keep it out. Help us to fill our hearts with your word and, and your love and your promises and, and good things so that not when we prepare speeches, not when we prepare for conversations and, and think about, but in the heat of the moment of, of real everyday life, that only goodness can come out of us. Only goodness overflows from our hearts, God.
we trust you in that. We just, we just pray in that, that, that our words will point people closer to you. That in everything we do, we're just an example of your love and your goodness. And people see that and people want more of it. There's a lot of broken and tattered roses out in the world. And the world's told them nobody would want them. God, use us. Use us and our words to tell people Jesus wants you. Jesus will take you. Jesus will accept you just the way you are. That's our prayer today, God. In your name we pray. Amen.